Welcome to Orpanini. This is Saratova Beth. Tess Other. Tess Other is a huge day. If you're a stubborn person, Tess Other is your day. Because we know it's the day that the previous Rebbe stubbornly said, um, America's not different. That takes a lot of guts to say that when the entire world is saying something else. I mean, just let's picture it for a second. Imagine an old man, essentially, um, physically completely, essentially disabled, um, having really been tortured through different, gone through, you know, kind of lived, lived through the beginning of the Nazi era, Yamashimam, and Stalinist era very much, and fighting each one, you know, really fighting, going through the the worst of everything, the most horrific times in Jewish history, and leaving behind the inferno of Europe and coming on here. And as the Friedrich Rebbe said, that his 10 days on the boat seems that he got on the ship on Chatzai and other Rishon and arrived here on Tess other Shani. And, and, and the Friedrich Rebbe says in Sefer Sichas, um, that he spent those 10 days on the boat, those were his Aseret Yemei on the ship, because he was essentially leaving behind a, a, a place of 3,000 years of Torah scholarship, a giant yeshiva that now was going up in flames, and, and Rahman Islam, 6 million karbanas, as that giant yeshiva was going up in flames. And the Rebbe was chosen by Hashem, clearly, to, you know, to be saved, and to bring, this is the year 1940, to bring the, the scholarship that had taken 3,000 years to build up in Europe over to America. There wasn't probably one single person who believed that it could be done. And of course, we know the story that people, the day that the Rebbe arrived already that evening, people came to the Rebbe and said, we, we realize that the Rebbe has some kind of a plan. When they said, by the way, Rebbe, we don't want you to feel disappointed and hurt, but you should know that what you're used to in Europe, which was which was a yeshiva atmosphere, um, can't happen over here. It's just not the place. So, so, and we want we want you to have to face. We want the Rebbe to have to face reality. This just isn't America is not that kind of place that is friendly to Torah scholarship. It's, it's, you know, it's vaudeville, it's eat, drink and be merry, it's Hollywood, it's whatever it is, it's, 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 it's not a place where people are interested in, in Torah scholarship. That was there and unfortunately, unfortunately, unfortunately it went up in flames and we've got to get used to a new way of being. And of course we know that the previous Rebbe said, the Rebbe said, America is not different. America is nicht anders. That was today. Tess other. That's a very bold, stubborn statement to make. And of course, we know who was right and who was wrong. So if you're stubborn and you have a dream that nobody believes in, today's the day. Perfect day. So here in the Sikh of Tetzava, of um, Tess other, Tafshin Nun, the Rebbe says the test other is the day when the center of Hasidus Chabad moved over from the upper half of the globe to the lower half of the globe, from Asia, your Asia, from Europe, to America. How did it happen? With the coming of the, the Rebbe, 
to America, to the United States, in a way, not just to come and visit, but to settle, because in 1929 he came to visit, but this was to settle. So, um, and actually the year that this sikh was given out, it was 50 years, so it was a yaibo. But let's look at what it is, why it's important to to move from that, from Europe to America. And let's look at what it has to do with modern terrorists. There's a, there's a saying that it says in Chati Kadir this half of the globe never had modern Tyra. America did not have modern Tyra. It happened over there in Anhar Sinai. So the territory, the real estate close to it is, you know, um, in the Midbar, near Eretisral, Asia, Europe, those places, not the other side of the sea. So we understand that if Matan Tyra never happened here, then there's an enormous chiddush that happened when it was brought here, when Tyra was brought here on Teth Adar by the Rebbe, when the center of Hasidus, Chabad Hasidus, was moved over from there to here. And Dafka, this half of the globe, became the center of Hasidus, the center of Pneumis Tyra, the center of the soul of Tyra. So what does this have to do with Tyra in general? Matan Tyra, two things happened. One is, the externals of Tyra were revealed. You know, the Ten Commandments. Do this and don't do that. Ten different commandments. Something else was going on at the same seconds of modern Tyra. There was a revelation of not just what we're supposed to do, what God told us to do, but what his very essence is. So he was transmitting two things. The external Tyra and Peninus Tyra. As it says in Madresha Rizal, then when we stood at Harsinai, we saw Maitre Rekava. We saw the holy char- chariots. We saw, we saw the secrets of, of Hashem and the secrets of truth that normally we don't see. And where is that even hinted at in the Aserah Sedibras? In the first, in Anaychi Hashem Alekecha, in the word Anaychi. In fact, in those first two commandments, those first two commandments, I am God your God, Anaychi Hashem Alekecha, and Lo and don't have any other gods. Those first two commandments include the entire Tyra. The first commandment includes all positive mitzvahs. The second commandment includes all negative mitzvahs. So, and what are the what are these two commandments? No God, Yedias Elokus. To know God, not just to know what you have to do, but to know who it is that commands you to do it. So it, you can't say it's a very different thing, but it's a deeper connection with Tyra. Not just, okay, so tell me what the Tyra says. What do I have to do? Is that all? No. You also want to know who the commander of the Tyra is, who the giver of the Tyra is. And that's crucial because as long as we could say, you know, one thought is, as long as I, I, I don't know who told me to do this, how long will I keep it up? You know, we all, uh, we work in an office in which, um, you know, the boss tells us that you have to take lunch at, um, you have to take your lunch break at 10.30 in the morning. Well, you know, we just got to work. We're not really in the mood for lunch, and then we have to work for another seven hours after that. So the people at the beginning, they understand what the boss has in mind, and they're all fired up. You know, it's more efficient because all the calls come in the afternoon, whatever it is. 
And so everybody's really motivated and excited. But as the years go by, and nobody knows who the boss is or what his intention was, people become kind of rebellious. You know, I don't want to take lunch at 10.30 in the morning. I just got here. I want to take lunch at 1.30. The only thing that will reconnect you or motivate you to follow that commandment is you have to know who it is that told you. You know, people might say, like, who made up this rule? This is ridiculous. No, I'm not doing it. You say, no, no, somebody didn't make it up. It's the boss. Who is this boss? I didn't know he's the boss. I never met him. I don't know who the boss is. Maybe it's a corporation. I don't know. I'm not I'm really not interested to tell you the truth. Unless I really am, I know who the boss is and I know how he thinks and feels and, who, and what, what, what he's all about and what his ultimate purpose is, why would I want to do it? I can, I'll only stay motivated to do it really in the, at the very beginning when I, I just heard it from him directly. But after that, just no thanks. So in a sense, what, what Hasidus is telling us is that it comes to a point in history, throughout the beginning, you know, many, many, many generations, we were so close to our source that just reading a commandment, commandment in the Torah, just reading a Pusik in, in Chumash just filled us with so much Yerushamayim that we, did, we had no question we want to do it. And then it comes to a point in time where we want to know who is the one who gives us this Tyra. We really need to know. And we really need to know, so to speak, what make him, makes him tick. Because otherwise, we're not motivated in these commandments. So, again, so this is called Yedias Elokus, the inner aspect of Tyra. Who is the one who gives us this Tyra? So, and by the way, and one other thing, the first of the, the Ten Commandments, in this is contained all of the positive mitzvahs, that's half the Tyra in this one first commandment. So let's take it apart a bit. Anaychi Hashem Elokecha. Those are three levels. In God, Anaychi is Hashem's very essence. Yudke Vavke is Hashem as he expresses himself above the world, totally miraculous. Not He's not in everyday life, but he's uh, he's, so to speak, up there. And Elokecha is, as he expresses himself in nature and specific to you, not just Elokim, Elokecha, in nature, exactly custom designed for you. So imagine, just imagine, Hashem's essence comes down in a way that he's creating miracles and then tailoring it to your everyday life, your specific everyday life. That's a nice Hashem Elokecha. And then we have the next word, Asher. Remember, I am God, your God, Asher. Who or that? What does it mean, Asher? That took you out of Egypt. The word Asher is like Aisher. Aisher is wealth. What kind of wealth? Spiritual wealth. The sphere of Kesser, the crown. Of course, the king has wealth. And in the crown itself, a crown above crown. The very essence of Hashem. And then the next word in the Aserah in the in the first of the Ten Commandments, I am God, your God, who did what? What did he do? He took you out and takes you out from the land of Mitzrayim of limitation. What does that mean? This God is taking me out 
of all of my limitations through bringing down his very essence. Because as it says in Chazal, Yitzis Mitzrayim, how did we get out of the land of Egypt and all our limitations? Very simple. Hashem revealed himself in his very essence and all of his glory, and he redeems us. When you are stepping in, walking in sync with Hashem's very essence and glory, it just, it's, it's, it's a limit buster. You just step right out of your limitations because the limitations feel so, on that level, no doubt, when you're walking in sync with Hashem's glory and covet and, and his unity and his essence, it feels, when you think about your limitations and all your issues, it feels extremely tacky. It just doesn't fit. I'm, Lahavdo, I'm going to tell a, a little joke that I saw on WhatsApp. Um, I forget, two little, I forget what kind of, some kind of a cartoon. Um, I don't even remember what kind of a little animal it was. And one is saying to the other, and they have these cute, funny expressions on their face. And one says, well, it looks like we can have a gathering of eight people without issues, right? You know, whether it's on a Zoom call or, you know, they're talking about the legalities of, you know, it looks like we can have, we're allowed to have a, we can have a gathering of people, of eight people without issues. So, you know what he meant. He meant with no problems, they'll let you have a gathering of eight people. So the other, the cartoon shows the other little animal and he's making this face and he said, I don't know eight people without issues. <laughs> right? <laughs> It's a pun on words. He said, you feel you can have a gathering of eight people without issues. I don't know eight people that don't have issues. <laughs> it's very cute. So when you're at that walking in sync with Hashem's essence, your issues seem so ridiculous. They just vanish. They just, oh, my goodness, seriously? I actually thought that was important. So we know that... um the Rebbe Rashad says, Hashem revealed himself in his glory and in his very essence. What does that mean? It means his Melissa Vatsmusa. It came down here into a very, very low place. Wow, if Hashem's essence is going to come down, the place to come is not the land of Mitzrayim. It was a really depraved place. You know, like some of the stuff that we're hearing about in America now, very interesting because the question is at this point now America is fighting to decide whom it belongs to does it belong to the side of Kedusha or does it belong to you know on the side of Hashem or does it belong to the side of against Hashem and like Mitzrayim where it was very depraved and they had a philosophy of some really really pretty ugly horrible stuff so so it looks like America's fighting to decide which one now. And here Hashem came down into this place of incredible depravity, which, the depravity, which I guess they call it the deep state now. And Hashem came in his very essence to that place. Okay. So imagine Hashem in his very essence, which means in his purest, I mean, Hashem is totally pure, but in the, in his very highest Self coming down to the lowest, lowest place. We have to understand the contrast. You know, sometimes when Hashem will come down into the world, Hashem ex- expresses himself as Elohim, so he he brings his 
more adaptable self, so to speak, that fits into the, through which he creates this world into this world. It's so to speak a lower form of himself, but his very essence to come to the lowest place. I mean, think of it in your own terms. You know, is there a person in the world that you would tell your deepest secrets to? I would say these days, I don't think there should be. It's probably not safe, right? But, you know, um, you know, I, you know, when I was five years old, I, you know, I, I took a doll scarf from Molly, you know, Molly Ellison's doll because I thought she took my, I thought she took it from me and so I took it back and then it turned out that it was, now I had two and I didn't know what to do and there we go. So, right? Um, that kind of thing. So what what do you do with that? Would you reveal your very, very, very essence to in in a where are you gonna reveal it? In a very, very safe environment where they're open to that. If you're Hashem, you're gonna reveal your very essence. So you yourself, you're gonna reveal your deepest self really to a a a person or a group of people that you're absolutely positive are on on track with you and it's 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 a um friendly um it's a friendly kind of environment for you to to reveal your deepest secrets so um Mitzrayim was not that for Hashem's very essence with all his deepest secrets Mitzrayim was the most depraved anti-Hashem place in the world anti-God, anti-truth, anti-holy, anti-everything. And because they were anti-God, anti-truth, etc., literally like the deep state today, and they they did, Mitzrayim was a place where they did really creepy stuff. Like in the deep state today, you know, really creepy stuff is going on, and that's the battle today, to destroy and to expose the people who are doing the really creepy stuff and to get rid of it once and for all. It's a very intense battle. So you would think Hashem would say, you know, when you clean up the mess or when it's cleaned up, I will come in. And yet Hashem came in his very essence to that place. It was Nikul Kalam Nikola Umas. It was more ruined, more depraved than all the nations. And within Mitzrayim, where did Hashem come into? The Kerava Aretz, right into the center of the land. In the capital city, it was full of idols. And these idols represented and they carried with them a certain kayak of, of imp- tremendous impurity. And that's why when, when Maishar Benu, I guess, spoke to Paro, it had to be outside of the city. Because the city was so full of Abayda Zara. And in that place, Hashem revealed himself in all his glory and all his essence in that place. And he, re- and he took us out of that place and redeemed us from that place. He didn't say, okay, you leave that place, I'll meet you outside. He went right into the center and took us out. And that's what's happening every single moment. And when it comes to test other, we're going to see in a second, that is what happens today. The Chiddush of the transferring of the center of Chabad Chassidus from Europe to America, called Chatzikader Elyon to Chatzikader Atachsen, to this place where there was never Matan Taira in a revealed way, the, the, the moving over of the center 
Um, it, this place became now the center of the revelation of Hafatas Pinimitatera. So the main Indian of what Matantaira is all about was brought to this place. It's interesting because Europe really was, because of 3,000 years of Torah scholarship, although there was a lot of junk going on, I mean, among the non-Jews, it was pretty awful, but there, it was, there was so much purification done in Europe because of 3,000 years of Torah. And, and over here, no, nothing. Although this place, interesting, I think, I mean, I'm not a big American history buff, but this place, one of the milas of America was that it was kind of blank. There was, there was, I, I think, you know, and I'm, I'm going to ask American history people to jump in and, and contradict me, but it looks like in Europe, as much as there was tremendous holiness, there was such a build-up over 3,000 years of, really 4,000 years since the birth of Asaph, of no, since the beginning of the world, of enormous, deep, 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 deep evil that the people were doing since the beginning of time. Since You know, why did Hashem make the flood? For a reason, there was so much evil. So from the year 1656, from creation on, when Hashem wiped out the world and started again, again, so much evil was in the in the cells, on the cellular level of the world, so much untruth, but so much deep, 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 depraved evil was there. And yet at the same time, so much Torah. So picture that, like dark, 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 dark stuff, and then incredible amount of pure stuff in Europe. I think here in America, it was basically a blank kind of a place. Who was here? A few Indians. Uh, what were they doing? I don't know. Uh I don't know if they were doing a Vita Star particularly. It was kind of a blank place, like nothing much. An empty place. Now that's very different. Because then you come here and you just, on an empty slate, on an empty canvas, you inject holiness and purity and the luminous color of Hashem's essence, so to speak, then boom, it just, it just sticks right away and it just takes to it. You don't have to start fighting all the darkness. Interesting, <laughs> you know, the darkness in not such a long time, the darkness managed to catch up. I mean, we're dealing with huge amounts of darkness now having embedded themselves in America, and it's about to all pop. That's why it's being exposed, because that's the story of Haman, that when the evil is going to be destroyed by Hashem, he first elevates it so that it has huge amount of power, and it starts to become exposed, very, very exposed, very revealed, and it starts to feel its own power more and more and more, and then, boom, Boom, it's gone. It's destroyed. So that's what we're up to now. So, um, so we're saying the chit, the, the, the ikr of Matantaira is not even all the, the Ten Commandments. The main part of Matantaira is not the ten, ten Commandments. It's who said the Ten Commandments? Who is he? Hashem said the Ten Commandments. Who is he really? What is that? What is Hashem? Who is Hashem? What is, Knowing Hashem in Yemais Mashiach becomes the one and only activity that we do. As it says, Excuse me, the occupation of the entire world will be nothing other than to know God. So will they do the Ten Commandments? Of course. But that'll just be, of course. You know, the more you purify yourself and the more you purify the world, the easier it is to get to know God. 
So, but so the main thing, the real, real panemius, inner core of Matan Taira, is knowing Hashem. What is Chabad Chassidus about? Knowing Hashem. Getting to know Hashem. Well, there we go. So the center of it, the place where the, 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 the wellspring of its learning and its, the ability to do it was moved to America. And within America, New York. Which explains now why New York is such a strange place, you know. We're struggling so intensely politically, and and nobody wants to live in New York anymore. Everybody wants to move to Florida because it's too, it's in lockdown. Yeah, it's in lockdown in on some level, or it's not in lockdown, but, you know, how long can you wear masks in school? It's, it's, we're in, there's a horrendous battle going on actually within New York State. New York is the place where it happened within New York State and plus plus. In Florida, it's further away. Sitting on the beach. (laughs) Mask free sitting on the beach. So imagine then, boom, all of this moves to over here. So you could say that in another way, this moving of the center of Chabad Hasidis to Chatikadar Atasim is a great descent. A place, moving from a place where there was Matan Taira to a place where there wasn't. But we know that the great, a descent is really, the, the more you go down, the, the more you go up. And also, as you're going down, you're really already going up. So really, the descent of Pneumis Taira to this half of the globe, to this place, created an, a tremendous elevation. The elevation of the Gulamitis Vashlema, when you will have the fullness of the revelation of Matantaira, Tarukhadashmiti Tete. And this, the Aliyah of the Gulamitis Vashlema, has to do with Chasidis Chabad. Because what Chasidis Chabad does is it unifies Pinimitataira and Niglataira, and they become one. It unifies the Ten Commandments, and who is Hashem who gives you the Ten Commandments? Pinimis of Tyre means what is the very core of Tyre, knowing Hashem, and, and Nikola of Tyre is what are the halachas. We need both. We don't just know who Hashem is, we need to know what, is, what he wants us to do, his halachas. And we don't just need to know the halachas, we want to know who Hashem is, who's commanding us to do it. So Hasidus Chabad, its whole Indian is to put these two together so that it becomes one Tyre. Because Hasidus Chabad is the level of Yechida. The oneness in Tyra, which is connected with the level of Yechida in the Jew, which is the Neshama of Mashiach Tikenu. And through him is the full revelation, becomes the full revelation of Yechida Shalaylam, the Hashem, the oneness of the world, in the entire world, as it will be revealed, as Hashem will be revealed in the Gulamis of Hashlema. And what does it have to do with the one who came over on Teth Adar, the Reverayat? His name is Yaisif Yitzchak. Based on the Pasuk, Yosef Hashem Li Ben Acher, um, which is Pasuk in Vayetze, Hashem gave me, added to me another son. What does that mean? Why that the, the, the Rebbe Rayat's name is Yosef Hashem, Yosef Hashem Li Ben Acher, Hashem added to me another son. Meaning that on the level of Acher, if there's somebody who's, you know, not in, not, not one of us, and even about the world itself, the godly light 
should should shine in a place of Acher. You know, that place, Hashem gives, Hashem receives. Yosef means, Yosef Hashem Liben Acher is from the other side, you know, that kind of person or that part of the world that is not, not, not from, not one of ours is added into our ranks, is added into the ranks of Kedusha. So that the godly light should shine in the entire physical world, even in Chazikat or Atachtan, as it will be revealed in the Gulamitis Vashlema, and that's hinted at in his name, Yosef. Also, the Pasuk, um, in Yeshaya that says, on that day, Hashem will add um, I'm not sure, sure what it means, but He will add. So these days, um, these days, every year when Tess Other comes along, it's, it happens again and again and again. The very essence of what Tyra is, is brought to the lowest realms. And um, So one more point here. Um, so we understand Tesadar, right? We know um, that the Tamius of Tyra came over to this half of the globe, and that's something huge. Okay. Now, what we want to know is how come it happened in other, and how come it happened on the ninth of other, and not only happened but does happen. Um, by the way, I'm doing this today. Yeah. Um, so the Indian of the month of, of of other is that it's of course about Purim. Purim is about the powerful receiving of the Tyra. There's one thing that Hashem gives us the Tyra, and the that was the original Matan Tyra. And then it says Kaimu or that means we really accepted the Tyra in a much deeper way on Purim. So there are two dates when we accept the Tyra. One is Shavuos. The other one is Purim. Purim was the second time we did it in a much deeper way. Way, completely different way, you know, very difficult circumstance and we were about to lose the whole thing, God forbid. In fact, they were about to eradicate all of us, God forbid. And and so the very tyrant, wasn't just that the Jewish people were in question, were being targeted, God forbid, the Gezer of Purim, but Tyra itself was. So the month of other is a day, is a month when the whole thing is turned around and instead of Tyra through the Jewish people being eliminated, God forbid, God forbid, it is strengthened in a way, truth and Tyra is strengthened in a way that it never was before. So that's other, key in the Taikin. And not only that, um, it says, So Purim is an eternal holiday that will always shine forever. It will never be overshadowed because it's it's from a different frequency. It's from the Geula frequency. It's always going to be there. And we see it in its name. Other is, um, If you want your investments to grow, plant them in the month of Other. Now, that doesn't just mean money. It doesn't just mean a plant or a tree. It doesn't just mean buy a property or anything. It can be investing in a relationship, investing in personal growth, investing in a project, anything. If there is something that you're beginning, starting a diet, if you're investing in something, start it in the month of other. 
because it will grow successfully if you start it in the month of Adar. Hmm, start to get ready for Pesach. Hmm, in the month of Adar, that's a good idea. So as it says, Adar Bamaram Hashem. Adar means Kiyam V'chayzik, power. And it gives the ability for success. That's why it's called Adar. Um, and so, we know that. The Simcha of Purim is greater than the Simcha of all the other holidays. There is the holidays of Tishrei and Nisan and Sivan. We know about all these. But all of these, there's an interesting thing. On all of these holidays, Yom and Tzayim, the Beistim would put up um, guards to make sure that they keep the Simcha kind of under control. That nobody should get to kind of any negative behavior, God forbid. Purim the simcha has to be higher than limitation. Adalayada. We know that. So that's not just about how much people should drink, right? I don't have friends who drink, per se, but we're reaching a completely, we're, we're not just staying within our box of what we know is, is, are the limitations of our lives, but we just jump completely out of those limitations. It's kind of like the Tismitraim. It's 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 a different form, a second form of Yisiz Mitzrayim. You're coming out of your limitations. Adolah Yada, you come out of your regular self. You don't even know who anybody is. You see a mask. People are walking around. Well, this year is going to be very interesting, the mask thing, because we're used to it. By the way, anybody notice, you know, you see people finally after a year without their masks, and their faces look different. Very interesting. A year of wearing a mask. People's faces look different. People are not all recognizable. It's very interesting. So this is very much, you know, we, we, we celebrated Purim for the whole year. It was like crazy coops, you know, what was going on. Hopefully this Purim, the whole insanity ends. So um, you look at the mask and you wonder, who is this really? You can be anybody behind the mask. You know, you have kids walking around looking like a vending machine and, you know, all that stuff. You know, those cute costumes. So you can be anybody behind the costume, which whatever that's all about, I think probably we're going to, we're moving into a period in which people are used to in society wearing a kind of a costume and hiding. Well, that's what's happening with the revelation of the evil in, in, in the world now, that it was able to hide behind a veneer, a costume of, you know, with all their money, they could buy themselves a decoy. So you didn't know what creepy stuff they were doing. And now, they can't hide behind the mask anymore. They look like really nice guys who are giving billions of dollars to the world, you know, for uh, African schools and all that, such nice guys. And behind all of their donations is really some disgusting stuff, excuse me. And, And they wear a mask and they get away with murder. So, literally. So now the interesting thing about Purim is Purim, we put on a mask, but so that after Purim, we take off the mask. And you can't fool the world anymore. Right? So there's something really profound going on about going out of the limitation of who you are. When you're wearing a mask, you get to redo who you are because nobody knows who you are. You know, who is that? Oh, wow. Gee, you smile so much. Right? You get to become a new person in this past year with a mask over your face because nobody knows who you are. So they don't say, you, oh, I'm surprised. They didn't know that you're that kind of a person. Nobody knows who you are anymore. You're faceless. So you can go through all kinds of transitions and go out of all your limitations. So we're really in unbelievable times. 
So when it comes to the Simcha, the month of other, in addition to this, that the whole meaning of Simcha is together, break through all the limitations. The Simcha of the month of other is connected to um, the preparation for the Simcha of Purim higher than any limitation. And from this, we come to the Shleimus of Simcha, the fullness of Simcha, which is, what is a full Simcha? You break all of the limitations of every every boundary, which is the Simcha of the Gula Mitzvah Shleima, an eternal Gula, when we will have the Simcha in an eternal way, Simcha Zayim. So, one more question we have here is, we get it. Now, why did the, the, why did the Rebbe come over during the month of Adar? Well, we had a rule. There was obviously a spiritual world rule. Torah belongs in a place where there's been Torah proliferation for 3,000 years. It doesn't, it's not going to take hold in a wasteland. It will not grow in a wasteland. So, the Friedrich Rebbe broke that rule and said, no, it's not true. America is different. That's, to break that kind of a rule, you have to come with a, you have to come with a Purim mask on. You have to come in the month of, of, of Purim to be able to break the rule. You're allowed to do anything on Purim, essentially. Just wear the mask. All the rules are off on Purim. Everything's upside down. So, of course, you could see that the Rebbe will come here in the month when everything turns upside down. The, where, what, what turned upside down on the Purim that the, the, the Friedrich Rebbe came to America? The rule was, in Europe you have Torah proliferation, in America you do not. And he turned it upside down. And now in America you have Torah proliferation. And we influence Europe. They were the Mashbiyim, and we were the Makablim. They shone light on us. Rahmanuslan, the way things went in Europe, it was horrific. But because of the spreading of Tinnitsa down here, and starting with other, we shine light on them. It goes from this place out to there. So that rule was turned around. Now, why would the Rebbe come over on the 9th of Adar? So we got it. Adar, the Purim month, everything turns upside down. All the rules are off. You can redo the rules. It's a month of joy. When, when you're in joy, you can re- change around all the rules, etc., etc. But why the 9th? What's so important about the 9th day? So, at the beginning of the month of Adar, we already start the Purim thing. We start to be joyous in the month of Adar, and it's crucial this year to undo the darkness. And to defeat it, we need to dance, 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 sing, 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 clap, 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 be joyous, whatever it is. And the whole month is actually kosher for Kriya, for the reading of Megillah, because it's the month which is transformed to joy. So in the month of other, um, every day, um, all the, the things of Purim get stronger every single day, and especially... Um, the Shabbos Kaidish of the month of Adar when we're in, in Shabbos, Shabbos is time of Simcha anyway. And so, and the Indian of Forum is receiving the Tyra in the deepest way. And everybody agrees, as it says in Sfarim, everybody agrees that the Tyra was given on Shabbos. So, what does that have to do with the ninth of Adar? The ninth of Adar is, you've now gone through eight days of Adar. You went through a whole week of Adar, so it's really fully Adar, and you went through eight days of Adar. 
And we know that obviously eight is, you know, like Hanukkah, eight candles, Pesach, Sukkot, eight. What is it all about? Eight is connected with the Geula. The harp of Mashiach has eight, eight strings. There's something about eight. You know, it's seven is the world, but the world as it is holy, Shabbos. But eight is like the Hanukkah Menorah. It illuminates the darkness. With seven, you 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 shine light. But with eight, you shine light into the darkness, and you make the darkness by shining light into the darkness. You make the darkness become luminous and shine, and it becomes it starts to shine itself. You even get the darkness on your side. You even get the evil on your side to start maybe maybe to shine light. You get the evil to want to give up its evil. And you get it to shine light. There's something unbelievable about eight. And so when you come to the day after the eighth of other, there's something very, very profound. It's a preparation for the the harp of ten strings, which is the tenth day. A theory, the the tenth will be will be holy. So whatever it is, of course, nine is the number of truth of emes. And again. You have holiness, you have, like the Hanukkah Menorah, you can illuminate the darkness, and then you go one step further. Whatever one step further after that would be, that's what nine is. So when it comes to the ninth of other, it is a very fitting time for the revelation of Panini Satira in this place, this half of the globe, in a way of permanence. And at that point, this was, um, what year was this said? 1991, so it was, um, it was 50 years, a Yaibal year. Um, and Tess, and Tess other in that year was, as we say, 50 years. And we've gone through a very, you know, we just finished 40 years under the Maishrabain of the generation, etc. And, and, the fact is, the ninth of other is after. Sorry, the tenth of other is after you see the other. Sorry, the ninth of other is after you you finish the completion of the tenth of other and the eleventh of other. We understand there's something very great. We're moving on to levels that normally we wouldn't even get ourselves involved with. We would just say. You know, this is something too holy for me. And yet, this is where we're up to now. But that idea of truth, because, you know, the nine, whatever it is, however you divide it and multiply it, it always comes to the same thing. And three times three is nine, etc. Truth is what is on the agenda in the world today. The fight today in America is the fight either for truth or against truth. But it's a fight about truth. Truth is nine. You can't fight about and for truth and win when there's so much evil opposing it, probably unless you're in the month of other. Because in other, Haman built, Haman built gallows for Mordechai, or so he thought. He really built them for himself. He just didn't know. And he was hung on the very gallows that he built for the Jews. That's what other is about. Venahapechu. 
Look at all the darkness that means that intends to do, God forbid, and turn it upside down and watch it happen to, watch the darkness do it to itself. That's other. All the bad stuff turns upside down and ends up being of benefit and on the side of good. That's other. That seems to me the only way that truth can absolutely win quickly, win the battle, the final battle quickly now, because we're in the month of other. So test other is the combination of those two. Turn everything upside down for and on behalf of truth. And so, um, and the Rebbe says, use these days, and especially, you know, Shabbos and, and Purim, um, to add in in every single place, beginning with, uh, of the world, beginning with Fabrenians, um, to about uh, and on test other in every single place, and especially in the Irhabira, in the, the, um, city of the Friedrich Rebbe here in Brooklyn, where he established his, today we do from Brooklyn to, uh, out into the entire world. You see, that's how easy it is. You just sit in Brooklyn and you get on the phone or you get on Zoom and you radiate it out to the entire world. So this place in which that he established as his permanent place for 10 years of the last 10 years of his life and Kedusha Lozazamim Kaima. Kedusha doesn't leave its place. Once he puts it here, it's here forever. And in a way, it becomes stronger every single year. So he wrote them that when we speak about this and we take on these hachlatas, it should hasten the true reward, the gulamitas hachlema through Mashiach Zitkenu in a way that nothing holds it back. And it should be immediately and beginning with from above, from, from the ninth of other. And especially, you know, the Rebbe said, we're in the middle of davening, we're in the middle for bringing, and came to Yerlanu that it should be as we end off in davening, we should find ourselves in the base of Mikdash We should find ourselves with the Kayan, Betsian, Aaron Akayan, who, who, he, he lights an eternal light. That is the whole thing of what we're here to do. Light an eternal light. We have an eternal light within ourselves. It's Hashem's eternal light. What we want to do <coughs> is uncover it and let it spread to the entire world. And because we're in the month of other, where you can put on a mask and totally change. You know, sometimes when you're not wearing a mask, people say, who do you, who do you think you are? Let's just end with this. People might say, you know, who do you think you are to take on such a lofty, you know, a lofty resolution? A person might sit in for brain and say, you know, I want to really become a leader in the world to really bring light to the whole world. And people might look at them and say, I know you when you were in third grade. You're not, you know, like, don't fool yourself. Come, come off your, your, your high horse and, and humble yourself a little bit and don't have such big expectations. You're going to be some big fancy leader and you're going to turn over this and this place and you're going to do all these things. Hey, know your place. You're a little guy. You know, you couldn't even. You know, you got a gimel or a dalit on the test every single week on the Chumash test in, in, in fifth grade. Come on. You have to realize who you are. Right? That's the way we do it within the limitations of Mitzrayim. We keep each other small because we say, I know you way back when, 
you know, my mother used to wipe your nose when your nose was running. You came over to play with me. You had a running nose. You, like my mother used to say, come over here. I'll give me a tissue. I'll wipe your nose. Come on. I know who you are. So what could you do? You'll never become a leader. They won't let you. You put on a mask. And then nobody knows who you are. And you grow into this huge leader as you're intended to be by Hashem. And when you take off the mask, your face is different. Nobody recognizes you. They no longer have complaints to say, they don't know who you are. They say, oh, here's the leader. They don't realize it's a kid from third grade. Because you weren't wearing the mask all that time. So they didn't see the transformation. And now that you, you really stepped into leadership, too late. They can't make fun of you anymore. You really became that. So that's the union of the mask. We're not going to mix it together with all the politics of the mask. We'll leave that one to the side. But the mask of Purim, no doubt, is designed to create that space, that safe space in which we can go through the transformation of turning from one extreme to the other, upside down, do a somersault, and you come out a totally different person, a leader who spreads light to the entire world. So may it be that on this day of, of Tess Other, we step into the Gula Mitis Vashlema, shining the fullest light of Mashiach Tikkenu to the entire world now.